0: Creative babble. When I really started getting serious about real estate investing, I, I started wholesaling because you literally can do it with no money.
1: Well, 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 Javier, that's today's Ponzi Schemer speaking on Embrace the Chase, a YouTube show. Found this clip. Isn't that gold?
2: <laughs> it is. I'm curious to learn more about this <laughs> this chase.
1: Well, this chase it's going to take us all the way to being reminded of you, in fact, because... Yeah. This guy reminds me of you. This Ponzi schemer.
2: (laughs) What do do I have in common with a Ponzi schemer? Come on.
1: Well, you know, there's this one quality that you have that uh, not many others have. Well, I guess more people have gotten into it. I guess I have it a little bit, but you're the consummate podcaster. This guy is also a podcaster. So, the Ponzi Podcaster. That's who we're talking about. Welcome
0: to the Cashflow King Podcast, the real estate podcast with Dr. Matt Motil. Welcome to the Cashflow King Podcast, where we talk about leveraging residual income to help you get paid and the a lifestyle you actually love. Whether you're an aspiring real estate investor, an e com wizard, meathead gym owner, or digital marketer, this podcast is going to show you how to bust things wide open and be a serious, respected player in the residual income game.
2: But, Neil, we were the ones promising guaranteed returns.
1: I know. It's offensive, isn't it?
2: (laughs) (laughs) There could only be one.
1: (laughs) There could only be one. But this guy's out there promising guaranteed returns as well. And uh, I think our listeners who are fans of podcasts and fans of Ponzi schemes, well, not fans, but fans of listening to stories about Ponzi schemers... I think this is going to be a story that's uh, going to catch their attention. I'm Neil McTighe.
2: And I'm Javier Leva,
1: And this is the Ponzi Playbook.
2: So you got to be kidding me, Neil, a podcaster and a Ponzi schemer. My gosh, you know, when you think you've heard it all, <laughs> well, you kind of piqued my curiosity. So who is this guy? Who are we talking about today?
1: This is none other than Matthew Motil. He is known as the cash flow king. And let me tell you, he made his fortune in, and I put this in air quotes, real estate. Okay. Okay. <laughs> this king's crowning achievement was just getting sued by the sec and that was recently in september of 2023
2: but you know what's interesting about this matt multiel guy and the fact that he's in doing this real estate podcast this financial podcast is that having a podcast almost makes you the centerpiece of that industry right like it, it gives him some sort of authority it's called authority marketing actually you know it's like Neil, you have a podcast about Ponzi schemes. You're all of a sudden a Ponzi scheme expert. Or let's say I had a podcast about underwater basket weaving. I suddenly become the authority on that topic. Yeah. Regardless of whether we have any accreditation, any actual degree in the thing, the the sole purpose of just having a podcast makes us legit, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, now that you're saying that, I'm thinking about all these folks I see on LinkedIn. They get into some new business opportunity and whatnot. And what do they do? They announce a podcast. Then they start broadcasting, basically, their ideas, and it does. It's like the radio. It's like old-fashioned broadcasting where your voice is in someone else's home or someone else's personal space. But you did mention underwater basket weaving. And I'm just like, where did that come from? (laughs) I'm a
2: podcaster. I don't know. I just make these things up on the fly.
1: I thought all podcasters just told the truth and were sages and wise. So this guy, Matthew Motil, now I will say he's presumed innocent until proven guilty. He's only been charged by the SEC, but Matthew Motil, you know, He's the expert, right? He's the expert in what he claims is turning real estate or investment properties into cash flow vehicles, generators, cash cows, really.
2: All right. So we know that this guy has a podcast called Cash Flow King. And by the way, he's taken it down. So you can't really listen to it right now ever since the SEC filing. But Well, I want to know more about this guy. Like, who is he? Where did he come from? Like, what's his background? Do you know anything? Were you able to dig anything up?
1: You know, since he was a content marketer, he's got a lot of traces on the internet. Even if he scrubbed some of it off, there's still a lot that lives on other sources. So Matt Motill, he's 42 years old. He lives in North Olmsted, Ohio. He's married to Amy. And in the SEC complaint, They state that Motil is an Ohio licensed professional engineer, PE. In the complaint, it also states that he has a PhD. I did some looking because I have a PhD. So when I saw that, I said, "Eh, let me find this guy's dissertation. Well, he graduated from Walden University. It is a Hmm. for-profit university. So he got a PhD in management.
2: He has kind of an abbreviated dissertation, you know.
1: Yeah, exactly. It doesn't feel like it adds up to a full blown PhD, but he did, in fact, get the PhD. You know, despite its being fairly short as a dissertation, it's actually a pretty tight yarn. In it, he utilizes like numerous linear regression models and different types of statistical analysis models. He's no dummy. Like, he's definitely a bright guy. He also claimed, according to the SEC and their complaint, to have a juris doctorate degree, right? So he has a JD in intellectual property from the University of Akron School of Law. I don't know if that's true or not, but if he does, I mean, the guy likes education.
2: Actually, I found this clip of Motil describing why he went into education and how he got his doctorates. Let's listen.
0: I grew up in the construction industry. I I got an engineering degree, went to law school, got cancer, dropped out of law school, and then uh, ultimately decided I really thought I wanted to teach. And so that was kind of how I ended up back in school again uh, to get my doctorate. I taught higher education for a while until I realized that all I really was doing was perpetuating the bullshit of creating really good employees for middle class management. I can't stand up here anymore and continue to create good middle managers.
2: You know, this clip was interesting because I had to like actually play it back twice because in this list of experiences that he has, he also mentions that he had cancer. And in this one YouTube video where he talks about it, he actually mentions cancer twice, doesn't elaborate I'm not doubting that Matt Motil had cancer. I just think it, it's kind of an interesting little life story that he just glazes over.
1: Yeah. It would be something that someone wouldn't glaze over, particularly if it influenced somebody to make a huge life change or decision like to pursue a PhD, for example.
2: Yeah. But you know, I also did some digging on this guy and I started looking at his website and he has in his bio, he says he has 20 years of construction industry experience as a union laborer. He was a senior project manager. He says that he escaped the middle-class trap by utilizing rental real estate. He says he taught at two different colleges and universities teaching construction engineering. So You could see that his professional background is playing a role in this authority marketing, right? As he's the podcast guy that's talking about real estate online and how to make money. And this is my favorite part because, you know, all these guys are very aggressive in their marketing. He used real estate investing to punch the entrepreneurial hustle in the face. You know, and he's all about fire your boss.
1: (laughs) I'm glad you bring that up, Javier Because his website that's no longer up, Dr. Matt Motil, right? He really pushes the doctor part out in the front of his marketing. And on the website, fire your boss is like screaming at you. I mean, he really wants you to go out sort of guns a blazing like the entrepreneurial life is just the only way you're going to win, win, win. You're going to make big money in the real estate game because you've hooked up with the doctor. Right. That's right. So yeah, authority marketing. I think you hit it on the head here. That's what he was doing. He was leveraging all of these, you know, fundamentally free channels and it just requires time, energy, and knowledge to create content. And then you just disseminate it. And sometimes that's all you need and people start giving you money.
2: Yeah. And, you know, I think we would be remiss if we didn't kind of paint a picture of what this guy looks like too, because, you know, we when we talk about like a, an academic, you know, a guy with a PhD. I expect him to look like Neil McTighe, but no, no, this dude, he's a cool looking dude, I guess. I don't know. You know, he's bald. He has this beard. He wears those Bono sunglasses and t-shirts. So he's not acting, you know, like a real buttoned up professional, you know, like old school real estate guy, right? (laughs)
1: <laughs> Agreed. I saw him in that one video with the yellow tinted shades and the artwork behind him said wolves on the one side and sheep and on the sheep. other. <laughs> right. You know, like, you know, you got to be a wolf. Yeah, a wolf. Yeah. He's got his tats. Yeah. He's not like me. Right. The Tweedy <laughs> Harris tweeds, you know, ah, sort of so guy me, with yeah. the pipe, you know, walking upon the college. campus. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Yeah, and and he even had, you know, he ran a fitness center in Ohio back in 2019 called Alpha Legends. Yeah, what was that called? Alpha. Legends, yeah.
1: It's got to have that alpha male vibe to it. Yeah. You know, he describes himself, right? He's a self-made real estate entrepreneur. And he says he's helped hundreds of investors throughout the world to create massive wealth through real estate.
2: So, Neil, let's play one more clip from this Embrace the Chase YouTube video, because here you hear Matt Motil explain why he got into the podcast game. Let's listen.
0: Like, I have a podcast podcast that's free. I feel like there's good content out there. I can be a mentor to you. You and I don't actually have to ever even interact. My personal goal is I want to help 100,000 people quit their jobs through real estate investing. So that's my goal.
1: Well, there you go. The cash flow king himself. He said it. That's why he created his podcast to help people. But man, it's a shame that he scrubbed all of his YouTube videos and podcasts off the internet because I was really dying to get my hands on some.
2: Yeah, what a shame. Except the internet never forgets. And I was Ooh. actually able to dig up some archival- Oh, Javier, yeah, I love podcast, you. that's right. We have some of his podcasts. But I found this one quote, which is great because it just shows you the kind of promises that these guys make, right? And this is a direct quote from the podcast. And he says, when someone has worked at a job or a business, there's a significant level of effort that has gone into the creation of that capital. And so when people are willing to take that money and hand it to you in good faith, there's an obligation that you're going to turn it around and give them a nice return on their money. They have put a lot of faith in you and you have a significant level of responsibility to make sure that not only are you going to do what you said you were going to do, but you have to give them the return that you promised. You hear this guy? I mean, why wouldn't you give him money, right? Like he sounds He sounds great.
1: Yeah. These are his own words on his own podcast. He's speaking about how important it is to have this, quote, huge level of responsibility you know that comes with accepting other people's money in terms of investment. So he's basically stating to the listeners that he really, really places a lot of importance on that fiduciary role as the one who is controlling the investor's capital. So he needs to return it. So this is building that trust So as you said, Javier, this is authority marketing. He's established this trust with the listeners. And now the listeners are wondering, how do I get a piece of this action? So Motil, what he did is he invited the listeners to submit their email address on his website. And they would receive copies of a newsletter. They could even schedule a call to speak with him directly. So once those investors signed up for the newsletter and started engaging with him, he would then typically solicit them by email with what he called a private lending opportunity. And that private lending opportunity briefly described, very much in bullet point format, various promissory notes. The descriptions included, for example, the principal amounts, applicable annual percentage rates, APR as we know it, And those were typically 8 to 15%. They also described the terms of the promissory notes, which were six to 18 months, and also descriptions of residential properties that would be used as collateral on the promissory notes. But go figure, he was using those same properties as collateral for various investors and not letting them know.
2: Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I was able to find one of his investors who went online to warn people about Matt Motil. I mean, it is a great example. And and this guy even posted his email exchange with him, which is amazing. But his first post, he says, TLDR, Matt Motil is a fraud and do not invest with him. Okay. He's warning everyone.
1: Making it quite clear right out the gate.
2: Yeah. He says, warning, this is going to be a long post. My purpose here is to save some of you the experience that I now find myself in and providing a short-term loan to Matt Motil of Cleveland, Ohio. Just like you said, Neil, this guy, he signed up for Matt Motil's uh, emails and he's just started receiving all these emails about all these lending opportunities. And he listened to several of his podcasts. He went on his website. He Googled him. He searched for him and there was no negative information. So he said, hey, why not? Let's just pursue this passive real estate investment opportunity. Yeah,
1: and then the guy, what does he go on to say? He says, look at this guy. He has a podcast. He has written a book. He has an online presence. He has to be legit, right? Yeah. (laughs) The mistake I made was not contacting a lawyer and doing my due diligence. So he's acknowledging that he should have done some due diligence here.
2: So, you know, obviously he made a mistake, but he reached out, he signed up for the email and on October 30th, he provided a short-term loan of $80,000. Okay. So the deal was that, he, you know, he gives $80,000. He's going to get a thousand dollars every month for six months, $6,000. And at the end of the six months period, he would also receive his principal back.
1: Better than putting it in a bank. I mean, That's true. Just, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, six thousand free bucks, basically.
2: Yeah. And he says that this was his first foray into uh passive lending, and it will also be his last.
1: I can imagine that it would be.
2: So, Neil, this is a great insight into the world of the Ponzi scheme because look, he made this investment, and guess what? The first payment was on time. So far, so good, he says. And then in January of that year, there was a late payment. And so, you know, he sends him what he calls a gentle reminder, trying to see where his money was. Where's my
1: $1,000 payment? Yeah,
2: (laughs) yeah. where's my $1,000 payment? And then Matt replies and he goes, you know, hey, with the holiday and the weekend, everything was delayed. You should see it today or tomorrow, the latest, okay? Please let me know when you get this. And he goes, thanks, Matt. But guess what? It was delayed. And then it got delayed. And I'm, I'm going to skip you a couple of emails here. But it was just excuses and tenant issues. And uh, oh, we're working on getting things back on track. So this guy is fed up. So he sends one last email. and He says, if I don't hear from you in 24 hours, I'm going to contact an attorney.
1: And as I'm sure you're thinking, dear listener, nope, he did not respond. That attorney was contacted, and he started digging. And you know what he found? He found that many of those properties had multiple folks listed as mortgage holders. And he found that Motil didn't even file his mortgage with the county. He also discovered that Motil received $100,000 from another individual one month after this guy's agreement on the same property. For the same property. property. For the same property. And with a little more digging, he found that there were numerous civil lawsuits filed against his company and also against Motil personally. So the lawyer basically uncovered a fraud. He found all of the evidence. And you can imagine what this investor felt like at that moment, right? I just lost all that money.
2: So are you saying all podcasters are full of shit? Listener beware,
1: I suppose I'd say. You can't trust Just because somebody has a podcast or has a website, you need to ask tough questions. And it's the same thing in all forms of publication. The media at the highest levels, right? The New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, whatever it may be, you still have to ask questions and scrutinize and be skeptical because that is the greatest tool we have in protecting ourselves but also protecting the freedom to think and debate.
2: So let's back up here. You know, we know that Matt Multil is really running a Ponzi schemes, but his investors, they think that they are investing in this real estate opportunity where they're purchasing property, they're rehabbing the units, they're finding the tenants, they're hooking them up with management, and maybe they hold the property long-term, maybe it's a short-term rental, but this is what they think they're investing in, right?
1: That's what they think, and it's pretty standard stuff, right? You know, people do this. They buy units, they fix them up, they sell them, they have tenants. Lots of folks invest in real estate, and Matt Motil was selling himself as an expert, so I can see how a lot of folks got lured into this.
2: So let's talk about what he was really doing.
1: So as alleged in the SEC's complaint, Motil, from as early as October 2017 through May of 2021 was operating a Ponzi scheme through North Shore Equity Sales and some other LLCs, and he raised over $11 million from more than 60 investors located across the United States. These individuals included a cancer researcher and also an active duty U.S. Air Force Lieutenant Colonel. They invested retirement funds and even life savings in the cash flow kings Ponzi scheme, as alleged. So that's the deal. That's the scheme.
2: I mean, this is crazy, man. Like you said, these are real people who fell for the scheme. And you know what's really interesting is that Matt Multiel obtained $1.3 million from at least 20 separate investors under one property that was only worth $47,000. That's $1.3 million for one $47,000 property.
1: Yeah, and those folks thought that they had separate promissory notes linking to their own properties or their own investments. They were being duped. They didn't know that it was all linked to that property. This is fraud. Yeah. Plain and simple.
2: Well, you know, like all good podcasts, you know, you sometimes just have to wrap things up and he knew things were coming to a head. So he scrubbed YouTube of all his videos. He scrubbed his podcast. But you can't scrub away your financial fraud scheme. So we're going to talk about the downfall after the break. All right, so Neil, how does Matt Motile get out of this mess that he's created?
1: Well, when you have a lot of debts and you can't pay them, you file bankruptcy. And that's exactly what Matt Motel did in March of 2022. He actually just sought to discharge the millions of dollars he personally owed and his company owed to those investors that he had victimized. In his bankruptcy schedules, he listed those investors just as his creditors claiming that They just arose out of guarantees of debts that he had. So he brought it into the bankruptcy court. He brought it into the public's eye. And at that point, everything went south.
2: Matt Motil is kind of playing a dangerous game here. You know, he's filing for bankruptcy. The bankruptcy court is sniffing something's not right with this. The SEC issues some subpoenas. Matt Motil just completely ignores them. So what did they do? The SEC sued the cash flow king for running an $11 million Ponzi scheme. And guess what? His wife, Amy, was also named as a relief defendant. One of the attorneys for the SEC wrote in their complaint, nearly everything about his scheme was a lie. So Neil, how did uh, Matt Motil spend all that cheddar?
1: We've covered a lot of Ponzi cases, and one thing's for sure, Ponzi schemers are not bashful when it comes to opening the wallet. They love to spend money. And Motil, well, he loved to spend money. He spent over 3.7 million just on Ponzi payments. Yeah. But then $1.6 million on personal expenses, which included, for example, renting a lakeside mansion and buying courtside floor season tickets to the Cleveland Cavaliers. He loved using the credit card, diverted almost a million bucks of those investor dollars to other businesses unrelated to real estate, and hundreds of thousands more to his wife, Amy. So this is a very fresh case. It was just filed September 25th, 2023.
2: Well, you know, to keep up with that lifestyle, we all know that podcasting, just podcasting alone does not pay, right,
1: Neil? Are you familiar with that? I mean, do you have experience?
2: (laughs) Trust me, we are not going to be getting uh, courtside tickets or spending some time in our lake house mansion making this podcast, at least. (laughs) Yeah, but you know, in all seriousness, this guy, Matt Motil, he portrays himself as this feel good, do good type of guy. You know, he always talks about the golden rule do unto others as you have them do unto you. Very biblical, very Jesus-like. I'm glad you mentioned that.
1: I've noticed that a lot of Ponzi schemers invoke the golden rule. It's this idea of benevolent reciprocity. You give, you'll get. And oftentimes, you provide a small benefit to someone else, and then they give you a bigger benefit in return. And if you start to see that pattern, you can start to exploit it.
2: But actually, I want to piggyback off of your observation a little bit about Ponzi schemers leaning on the golden rule. Like you've seen that as a pattern. Yeah. I've also seen it as a pattern. All the great con artists, they do something for you first, right? Because if a con artist buys you dinner and then the next time they see you, they ask for something, you're you're like, of course, they're good for it. I mean, look how generous they were. You know, they buy me dinner and they always pick up the tab. And that's part of the deal, right? So the Ponzi scheme or the con artist is do unto others so that next time you ask, they could do unto you. And get some outsized
1: returns on your investment.
2: Yeah. And this Matt Motil guy, he has this picture of himself where he kind of recaptured or reclaimed the golden rule. He says, treat others like you want to be treated. (laughs) It's like the King James version (laughs)
1: I really like the way you said that because it creates this indebtedness and people feel sort of guilty if they don't give back and they've received. And these folks, the Ponzi schemers, exploit that. They know that they're going to get something back. So it's a strategy. So watch out when you hear the golden rule.
2: All right, Neil. So what's happening next time on the Ponzi playbook? Hit me.
1: Well, keeping with the theme of Matthews, since we had Matt Motil, we're going to go and talk about another Matthew who happened to be involved in a half a billion dollar scheme. There are guns. This is a dark one.
2: Yeah, Neil, that, that one sounds terrifying. But, you know, before we go, I always like for you to end the show with some parting words, you know, with some words of wisdom.
1: Let's call this the golden rule of advice from the Ponzi playbook. Whatever you do, don't start a Ponzi scheme.